Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, February 1st. The time is 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you are tuned in to the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this period of time when we come together for mutual edification, scripture reading, but more than that, and primarily prayer, petition, intercession, and supplication on behalf of those of us who are parents or guardians of unsaved, wayward, or backslidden sons and daughters. This podcast was born about a year and a half ago, going on two years actually, out of my own burden for the deliverance and salvation of my two adult children. Not that long ago, my son accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and I praised God for that. Following a personal crisis he was having, he ended up in the driveway of my home, and him and I had a conversation. Now, my son knew the gospel. He knows the Bible, and he believes the prophetic word. But he had never, ever actually surrendered his life to Jesus Christ, confessing his sins and completely and totally surrendering his life to Christ. But that night he did. He accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Following that, of course, I have been praying for the deliverance and salvation of my adult daughter. And I believe that the Lord will answer that prayer in his own time and in his own way. And you may be listening to this podcast right now, and you are the mother or father of a son or daughter or sons and daughters, or maybe the guardian of a young person. And they have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Or maybe they were involved in the church, or they have backslidden. They have turned away from the things of God, have lost interest in the things of eternity. The world has lured them back. And they're involved in a variety of things, perhaps involved in, in drugs or alcohol. Their friends and their peers have lured them away from the church. Maybe perhaps they have seen hypocrisy from televangelists or prosperity preachers. And now, because of these individuals who were made of mockery of the gospel, many young people have turned away from the things of God, believing that Christianity is false. Too many hypocrites in the church. It can't be real, and so they have turned away in ridicule from the things of God. Other young people, perhaps, maybe prodigals, have had a bad experience in the church and are embittered. Some are involved in the occult. Many young people have turned to Eastern religions, crystals, New Age philosophies. So whether they are backslidden or whether they have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Bible makes it very clear that it is appointed once unto men to die, and after this, the judgment. 
we read in the papers or we hear in the news many young people in the prime of their lives, in good health, athletic perhaps, are dropping dead for unknown reasons. Young people, you don't have to be old and sickly to enter eternity. Many young people through a demise, a car accident, or maybe some other situation or circumstance have entered eternity. And whether they have entered into eternity without Christ or not, going into eternal damnation or going into heaven depends on whether or not they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, I don't mean inviting Christ into your life. I have never liked that phrase, inviting Christ into your life. I can invite you into my home, but you're still a guest, and I still hold the deed to the house, and it's still my home, and I call the shots. I can invite you into my car, but you're still a passenger. I hold the title to the car, and I'm still in the driver's seat. No. Jesus Christ does not want to be a guest in your home, and he does not want to be a passenger in your vehicle. Christ wants the deed to your life, and he wants to call the shots. Christ wants to be the driver of your life. He wants the title to your life. Absolute, complete, and total surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Confessing your sins, realizing your need for a Savior, confessing your sins, admitting you're a sinner in need of a Savior, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, taking self off the throne, and surrendering your life to Christ results in eternal salvation. And so that's what this podcast is about. We pray for unsaved, backward, backslidden, and wayward sons and daughters who have never accepted Christ, we pray for their deliverance and salvation. This is a live podcast, and we welcome your participation in it. If you're listening live on the Podbean app, there's a phone icon. We welcome you to call in, share your insights, share a scripture, share a testimony of what the Lord is doing in your life. Perhaps God is moving in the life of your unsaved son and daughter. Maybe you have a prayer request that you'd like us to bring before the throne of grace later on in our podcast when we enter into the time of prayer. You can type it in and we will see it on our board. If you'd like your prayer request to remain anonymous without details, we will respect your privacy and respect your confidentiality. The Lord knows the details. We don't need to know them. But there is still time to get your prayer request in. And so we welcome you to this podcast. Again, it is a podcast that is dedicated, committed, and yes, consecrated to the ministry of praying for unsaved, backslidden, and wayward sons and daughters. I believe that the scriptures clearly teach that the next event on the prophetic biblical calendar is the rapture the snatching away of all born-again believers. The Word of God says that the dead in Christ, those who have died in the faith, will rise first from their graves, 
And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds in the sky to meet the Lord in the air. The Lord Jesus Christ will come back, snatch away all believers, and then return with all of us into heaven. And following the rapture, the word of God talks about a period of time, seven years, called the Great Tribulation, when God will pour out his judgment on a rebellious and unrepentant world. All of this sounds incredible. To many, it sounds unbelievable, like a fairy tale, but it is actually going to happen. It is real. It is true. The word of God does not lie. The rapture is going to take place. There is such a place as heaven, and there is such a place as the lake of fire. And you or I do not want our prodigal and unsaved sons and daughters to go there. We want them to have their names written in the book of life and have eternal salvation. We want them delivered and saved. That's what this podcast is all about. We welcome listeners to a variety from a variety, actually, of localities. We have listeners in New York, right <clears throat> right here in New York, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania. We have listeners in North and South Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, and Georgia. We welcome listeners in Alabama, Maryland, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia and Virginia, New Jersey, Montana, Illinois, Minnesota, Louisiana, New Hampshire, the state of Oregon, Washington State, Rhode Island and Indiana, Arizona, <clears throat> Michigan, Iowa, New Mexico, Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Wyoming and Nebraska. We welcome listeners internationally in Mexico, Canada, Australia, France and Uganda, Brazil, the United Kingdom. Bosnia Herzegovina. We welcome listeners who are tuning in from the Philippines, India, Germany, New Zealand, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, Japan, Russia, and most recently, Ireland. We welcome you to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. If you're listening live, we welcome you. Now, because of time differences in many localities, or maybe perhaps people there is no time difference, and they're maybe working or have other responsibilities they need to fulfill. Many people cannot listen live, and they'll be downloading this podcast at a later time. I've often said it before, and I'll say it again, that God can operate just as powerfully through a downloaded podcast as he can through a live program. And so we welcome all listeners from all localities to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Again, I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, and we will be entering a moment of prayer, then our devotion. Later on in our podcast, we'll be approaching the throne of grace and lifting up the numerous requests we have for young people who are either backslidden or unsaved, that the Lord Jesus Christ would be asked to come into their lives that they would surrender their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and that their names will be written in the book of life. First and foremost, join me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
We truly thank you for this time when we can come together in worship, mutual edification, the sharing of the word, and of course, prayer on behalf of our unsaved and wayward and backslidden son and daughters. Lord, I pray that you first and foremost forgive us if we've said or done anything displeasing in your sight. We want nothing to hinder our prayers, but more than that, we want nothing to come between you and us and our relationship with you. Cleanse us from all sin. Forgive us where we have failed you. We thank you and we praise you for your mercy and the shed blood of Jesus. On behalf of our sins, thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. Bless this time, Heavenly Father. Bless every listener here. Strengthen, encourage, edify, comfort, Lord God. You see the need of each person that's tuning into this podcast. We lift up those who are listening. We lift up those who are going to be downloading this at a later time. Father, move in a mighty way in the lives of everyone who's listening live and through a downloaded podcast. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord God. Help us to be faithful, to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father. Amen and amen. The title of tonight's devotional is The Spiritual Siege of Our Prodigals. The Spiritual Siege of Our Prodigals. And our text tonight is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 7 through 19. Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 7 through 19. And I will give you a moment to find that scripture text in your Bibles. Megiddo, Vicksburg. Tyre, Carthage, Verdun, Leningrad, Gibraltar, and Masada. What do all these places throughout the world have in common with each other? All of them were the locations of historical military sieges. By definition, a siege is a military tactic that involves surrounding a city or a fortress and cutting it off from all supplies and communication with the outside world. The idea is to continuously attack the location, preventing any reinforcement or resupply, and wear it down until it reaches the point where it can no longer resist or hold out, resulting ultimately in its surrender unconditionally. A location under siege usually surrenders when it sees no hope of any help coming, and no longer has the strength or willpower to resist the enemy and all the forces that are attacking it relentlessly. In our scripture text today, the prophet Jeremiah is compared to being like a fortress that is under siege by opposition to the ministry that God has called him to. Despite the hostility and opposition from those he has called to witness and preach to, he was not only encouraged, but he was also commanded to stand firm, and God would bless him with strength, stability, and endurance. You and I, as parents or guardians of unsaved, backslidden, and wayward sons and daughters, are called, like Jeremiah, 
to preach and witness fearlessly to them and not become discouraged and lose hope when surrounded and under siege by ridicule, hostility, hateful responses, and persecution. And let's read our scripture text together. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 7 through 19. And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version of God's Holy Word. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 7 through 19. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an olive branch. And the Lord said to me, You have seen well, so I am watching over my word to perform it. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. And then the Lord said to me, Out of the north, disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the Lord of the land. For behold, I am calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord. And they shall come, and everyone shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls, all around, and against all the cities of Judah. And I will declare my judgment against them, for all their evil in forsaking me. And they have made offerings to other gods, and worshipped the works of their own hands. But you, dress yourself for work, arise and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. And I, behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. And they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Here in our scripture text, the prophet Jeremiah was called to preach a message of both judgment against sin and the promise of salvation through repentance to the people of Judah. We read in verse 16 how God was going to pronounce certain judgment on the people for their evil ways, turning away from him, burning incense to other gods, and worshiping idols. In verse 11 and 12, God shows Jeremiah a vision of an almond tree branch. The almond tree buds early in the season and announces the arrival of spring. The Hebrew word for almond tree is similar to the word translated watching, the Hebrew word being shachwed, shachwed. God was telling Jeremiah that not only was he watching to ensure that his word of judgment against the people, unless they repented, would surely come to pass, but also watching that Jeremiah would be obedient to what he was called to do. And like the people of Judah, 
Our prodigals have turned away from the Lord and are turning and worshiping other gods made with their own hands, so to speak. These could be the gods of pleasure-seeking, money, sins of the flesh, actually worshiping the false gods of other religions, and yes, even worshiping themselves in rebellious autonomy, self-sufficiency, or self-righteousness. Unless they turn from the rebellious ways, judgment is certain. All the more reason for you and I, like Jeremiah, to be faithful in our ministry to our prodigals. Jeremiah's opposition would be fierce. They would consist of kings, officials, priests, and the people in general. At one point, the fierce opposition even came from his own family and friends. And like a fortress that is under siege, the enemy will try to deplete us of all spiritual resupply and strength and convince us that there is no hope. Even our prodigals may be used by the enemy to surround us in fierce hostility and opposition. So, what should we do to follow Jeremiah's example in our ministry to our wayward sons and daughters? Well, first, don't allow the enemy or even your prodigals to fill you with a sense of inadequacy. Again, don't allow the enemy or even your prodigals to fill you with a sense of inadequacy. Jeremiah felt inadequate in the face of the opposition he knew that he would come across. But God gave him the assurance of his presence, and that his anointing and power would be upon his lips when he spoke. Even our own prodigals may attack us, since they know us so well. They may point out to the deficiencies in our character that they're familiar with. They may even call us hypocrites. They may even call us foolish. But you and I are not ministering in our own strength, but by God's power. Number two, don't allow intimidation to make you dilute or compromise God's message. Don't allow intimidation to make you dilute or compromise God's message. In verse 10, God told Jeremiah that he sent him to preach a message that would both pluck up break down, destroy, and overthrow, and build and plant. Jeremiah's message from the Lord was not just to preach that deliverance and salvation was readily available, but also that judgment would be sure if there was no repentance. In the face of the siege of persecution, opposition, and hostility, we cannot allow fear or intimidation to make us water down the gospel message so that we don't offend our prodigals or invite hostility. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 18, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Number three, don't allow a negative response or criticism to make you recoil or shrink back. Don't allow a negative response or criticism to make you recoil or shrink back. In verse 17, Jeremiah was afraid of looking foolish as the Lord's messenger. In reality, he would be foolish, and it would be foolish of Jeremiah to refuse to do as God commanded, and God told him so. In fact, shrinking back would damage his credibility to the very people he was trying to minister to. Jeremiah had to make a choice, either look foolish to the world by being obedient to God, 
preaching repentance and incurring their displeasure, or look foolish to God by being afraid of the world and incurring God's displeasure in being disobedient and fearful. Indeed, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be firm, and be strong. And fourth, don't lose hope in the promise of God's presence, protection, and empowerment. Don't lose hope in the promise of God's presence, protection, and empowerment. Keep in mind in verse 19 that after commanding Jeremiah to be faithful to what he was called to do and not be afraid or intimidated, God promises him his presence, protection, and empowerment and tells him he'd make him like a strong fortification with iron pillars and bronze walls that wouldn't and couldn't be overcome. God's commission didn't come with an omission of provision. He wouldn't leave Jeremiah out there, and he won't abandon you and I either. Brothers and sisters in Christ, before the fulfillment of our prayers for the deliverance and salvation of our prodigals comes to pass, they may besiege us with hostility, anger, persecution, and resentment. But like Jeremiah, we need to remain faithful to our calling to them, our ministry to them, and our message to them. No matter what we'll face, God has promised to make you and I strong like a fortified city that cannot and will not be captured. He promises to make you and I stand firm like an iron pillar and a bronze wall. And like verse 19 states, the opposition will fight against us, but will not overcome us because the Lord is with us. I thank God for that word. Touch and agree with me right now in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the sharing of your word, Lord God. And I pray right now, Father, that myself and all of us who are parents of wayward, backslidden, and unsaved sons and daughters would be bold like Jeremiah on the occasions when we feel inadequate, Lord God, give us boldness. Help us to remember that it's not in our own strength that we lift Christ before them and witness to them, but by your power, your strength, and your enablement, Lord God. Help us to not be fearful, Lord, to not to be dismayed, Lord God, when our prodigal sons and daughters show hostility, when they have a negative response, when they tell us they don't want to listen to us, no matter what their response is, Lord God, help us to be faithful in delivering the gospel message. Help us to be salt and light, not to recoil, not to shrink back. Our message, Lord God, is one of salvation, but also one of judgment. Lord God, two sides of the same coin. If they don't accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, the lake of fire is what awaits them. Lord, help us to preach the gospel completely and fully, not watered down, not diluted, Lord God. Help us not to seek the popularity of the world. Help us to seek the salvation of those around us. Help us to tell it like it is, Lord God, to stand fast and stand firm, and not to be afraid of whatever response or whatever reception we received 
from our unsaved sons and daughters. We commit them into your hands, Lord God, and we commit ourselves into your hands, Heavenly Father. And do help us to stand firm like Jeremiah, to be faithful to our calling to them. We ask this in Jesus' name, Lord God. Amen and amen. I pray that this devotional was a blessing to you. And when I was reading that first chapter of Jeremiah, it truly, truly spoke to me. You know, there may be times when we feel inadequate. You know, our prodigal sons and daughters know us very well. They know our weaknesses. Uh, they may live with us, or they have lived with us in the past, and they know all about us. Jesus himself said that a prophet is not without honor except in his own home. The people who know us best usually are the ones who resist us the most. They know our weaknesses. They know our old way of life. And so many times it's hard for them to imagine us living a new life in Christ. But you know, we need to remain faithful. We need to be steadfast. Jeremiah faced opposition even from his own family and friends. That may be the case when we're witnessing to our prodigal sons and daughters, even people in our immediate family or relatives. We need to not be dismayed, not be discouraged, to be bold in delivering the gospel message. And always remember that God will make us strong, firm, like a bronze wall, like an iron pillar, and that he will protect us no matter what we face, persecution, ridicule, or hostility. We need to stand fast and be faithful to the Lord, and continue to pray and fast for our prodigal sons and daughters. Well, we've reached the halfway point of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and at this time, we break for a musical interlude that I hope will bless you, encourage you, strengthen you, and comfort you. And after our musical interlude, we will return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. There is still time to get in your prayer request. If you have one, you can, again, type it in, and we'll see it on our board. And we also like to give you an opportunity before we come before the throne of grace to be a live participant in our podcast, to call in and share a scripture or an insight or a testimony. And so we're going to break into our musical interlude, and then we will return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Be blessed and stay tuned.
Well, we praise God for that musical number. I hope you were blessed and strengthened and comforted by that beautiful medley. But right now, let's go before the throne of grace on behalf of the numerous requests we have. We have several requests that are here. And these requests are from parents on behalf of their unsaved, backslidden, and wayward sons and daughters, some of whom were involved in the church at one time and have left others, have never surrendered their lives to Christ, but are aware of the gospel. Others have accepted Christ, and we pray their continued strength and perseverance in the faith. Now, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to be entering prayer now. There is still time to key in your request. If we see it on our board, we will bring it before the throne of grace. We'll touch and agree for your prodigal son and daughter. So without any delay, let's go before the Lord right now. Our first request we're going to pray for, we always pray. And these are requests that we come before the Lord with every week. There are two young men by the name of Joshua. Both of these young men faced issues regarding addiction. And we pray for their deliverance and salvation every week, that the Lord would touch their hearts, they would return unto him. Touch and agree with me for both these young men named Joshua, Heavenly Father. We're burdened right now for these two young men, both of them named Joshua. They're, they're in different households, Lord God, in different locations. But you see their individual lives, Lord God. And you see that they were facing the demonic challenge, the satanic stronghold of addiction, Lord God. We lift them up before you, Lord. We pray, we truly pray, Heavenly Father, that you have mercy on both these young men that you touch their hearts and let them realize their need for a Savior. Deliver them from the stronghold, from the bondage, from the chains of substance abuse addiction, Lord God. We plead your blood over them, Heavenly Father. Do what needs to be done so that they're delivered from this, Lord. Speak to both their hearts so that they turn away from their wayward lives and come to the point where they surrender their lives completely and totally to you. We commit them both into your hands, Lord God. Lord, if you have to, knock them down. Give them a Damascus Road experience, but do what's necessary. Break the stubborn self-will. Open the closed mind. Whatever resistance exists to surrendering to you. Lord, self may be still on the throne. Their eternal souls are at stake right now, Lord God. We pray for both Joshuas. You see where they are. You see what needs to be done in each of their individual lives. Touch their hearts. Reveal yourselves to them, Lord God. We commit them into your hands, their deliverance and salvation in Jesus' name. We thank you and praise you. We know it's coming to pass even now. You're working, Lord God. We disregard what we see, what we hear, what we feel. We walk by faith and not by sight, trusting you for the answer that's going to come. We don't know when, we don't know how, but we trust you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Every week we pray for three young ladies 
by the name of Gabby, Valentina, and Angela. And these three young ladies were facing a variety of issues. Now, it's my understanding that one of these young ladies named Valentina committed her life to Christ and is seeking the Lord. So God is moving. Prayers are being answered, but the work still needs to be done. So we're going to touch and agree for Valentina's continued perseverance in the faith, but yet the deliverance and salvation of both Gabby and Angela. Heavenly Father, you see these three young ladies, Lord God. First, we thank you so much. We truly thank you for Valentina, for speaking to her heart, for touching her, for convicting her, and bringing her to the foot of the cross, Lord God. We pray that you strengthen her with all might and all power. Baptize her in the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Give her strength so as she continues following you, trusting you, not to get discouraged, not become dismayed or disillusioned, but that she continuously seek you, Lord God. We thank you for her deliverance and salvation. Her name is now written in the book of life. Now, Lord God, protect her from the evil one who will do everything he can to lure her back out into the world. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. You came that we may have life and have it abundantly, Lord God. We thank you for abundant life for Valentina. Strengthen her and protect her. Put a battalion of angels around her to protect her from the thief. And now we lift up Gabby and Angela, Lord God, these two young ladies, Lord, who live in Christian households, Lord let them see the salt and light of their family members, Lord. Lord, let them see the shining light, the testimony of family members who have surrendered their lives to you. Convict both Gabby and Angela of the waywardness of their lives. Deliver them from the captivity of the enemy. Let their ears be receptive to your word. Let your word be an inspiration to them. Help Gabby and Angela, help them to realize what's wrong in their lives, Lord God. Steer them to you, Heavenly Father. Forgive them of their sins. Cleanse them with your the blood of your Son, Lord Jesus. Be their Savior, Lord God. We just lift up Gabby and Angela. Lord, time is short. Things are happening faster than we can even read about or hear about. The rapture can take place any moment now. Lord, we commit them into your hands. Deliver them and save them, Lord God. Let their names be written in the book of life. We are burdened for, for Gabby and Angela. Save them both, Lord God. Save them both. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Every week we pray for a dear sister by the name of China. China is the adult daughter of my dear brother in Christ, Jamie, and my dear sister in Christ, India. A while back, their daughter, China, who was in bondage, was delivered. And now her name is written in the book of life, and she is a child of God. However, there is no way the enemy is going to let this go unaddressed. There will always be a satanic and demonic counterattack. 
so that people who have surrendered their lives to Christ maybe get discouraged or get disillusioned or maybe throw in the towel or whatever. Let's touch and agree for China right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for China's deliverance and salvation, Lord. We thank you for, for, for speaking to her, Lord God, for bringing a series of events that led her to realize she needs a Savior. Now, Lord God, we just pray for her perseverance in the faith. Make her a powerful, strong, persevering, committed, sanctified, and consecrated woman of God. Help her to stand firm against temptation. Help her to stand fast in the faith. Teach her to wield the sword of the Spirit and to hold up the shield of faith, Lord God. Help her to run with perseverance the race that is before her, Lord God, not to get discouraged or dismayed, Father. Protect her from the trickery, the lies, and the discouragement of the evil one. Give her a hunger and a thirst for your word. Turn her into a prayer warrior. Lead her into a house of worship where your word is preached and your name is glorified, Lord God. But protect her, Lord God. Don't let her backslide, Lord. Keep her in the faith and strengthen her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every week we pray for a gentleman by the name of Edgar. Now, Edgar is the adult son, again, of a dear brother in Christ named Frank and his wife, my dear sister, Rose. Both of them are members of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, of which I'm a member of, my wife and I. Edgar knows the gospel. He knows he needs to accept Christ. He knows about hell and heaven. But for some reason, he has not taken the step and surrendered his life to Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe he thinks he has all the time in the world. Maybe he thinks he won't even go to hell, that he's good enough, and he'll be measured by his good deeds or his reverence. Well, we're going to touch and agree right now for Edgar. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for praying parents, Lord God, for Edgar's parents who are praying for his soul. And now, Lord, we lift Edgar up in prayer, Heavenly Father. Lord, he knows your word. He knows the gospel. But that's not enough, Lord. Knowing the gospel and knowing about Christ is not enough. We have to know Christ. Surrender our lives completely to him. Confess our sins. Take self off the throne and surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. Lord, do what it needs to be done so that Edgar confesses his sin, realizes his need of a savior, and surrenders his life to you, Lord God. We humbly come before you asking you on behalf of Edgar's salvation. Edgar's caught up in the world of sin. Whatever he's involved in, Heavenly Father, give him an aversion to. Soften his hardened heart if he has a hardened heart so that he understands and receives the gospel. Lord, bring Edgar to the point where he gives up any worldly pleasure that is keeping him from turning to you and help him to seek your kingdom first. Help Edgar to let go of everything. Nothing is more important than the salvation of his soul. Turn him away from worthless things, Lord God, and bring him to salvation.
We commit Edgar into your hands, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you for his deliverance and salvation. It's going to happen. It'll happen in your own way, in your own time, Lord. You'll bring it to pass. And we thank you and we praise you. Again, in Jesus' name, Father, we bring this request to you. Amen. Every week we pray for four young people, Joseph, Jessica, Joshua, and Joel, four adults. And it was reported to me a while back that two of these young adults are hostile to the gospel and two are somewhat open to salvation. Nevertheless, it's my understanding that they are not saved. We need to pray for their salvation. We need to pray that they come to the foot of the cross and surrender their lives to Christ. Touch and agree with right, me right now for Joseph, Jessica, Joshua, and Joel. Lord God, four young adults. They may be in the same household. They may be in different households, living different lives. And each one of them may be in bondage to a different thing, Lord. You see the need. You see what they're doing, who they're with, what they're in bondage to. If they're not saved, Lord God, you know the reason why they won't surrender their lives to you. Maybe, again, they think they're good enough, not giving a second thought to the things of eternity, not wanting to be bothered with religion, whatever it is, Lord God. Strike down the lies of the enemy. The enemy will do anything to lie in their ears so that they don't even think about the things of eternity. Lord, yes, Lord. Joseph, Jessica, Joshua, and Joel helped them to realize the brevity of life. Help them to think about eternity. There is a heaven. There is a hell. Help them to think about judgment. Bring people their way who witness to them. A neighbor, a co-worker, a friend. But get the gospel message to Joseph, Jessica, Joshua, and Joel. Melt the cold, icy heart. Unstop the closed ears that don't want to hear. Open the closed eyes that don't want to see. Soften the hardened heart that doesn't want to receive the gospel. We just lift them up in prayer. Their deliverance and salvation. We cry for freedom from bondage. Whatever is holding them in bondage, we just plead the blood of Christ over Joseph, Jessica, Joshua, and Joel right now. Deliverance and freedom for these four young adults. They've been lied to by the enemy. Strike down these lies, Lord God. We intercede and pray for them, Lord, for their deliverance and salvation. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for their deliverance and salvation. Amen. Every week we pray for a young man by the name of Matthew. And Matthew was facing a variety of issues. Suicidal ideation, occult involvement, depression. There were some legal issues as well that he was facing. And Matthew's mom is tremendously burdened for him. But you know, the Lord may be using all these circumstances to bring Matthew to the point where he'll surrender his life to Christ. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And thank God that Matthew has a praying mom. We're going to pray for mom right now and pray for Matthew. Touch and agree with me right now. 
Heavenly Father, we lift up Matthew's mom right now, a praying woman, a godly woman who is burdened for her son's deliverance and salvation. And we pray, Lord, that you strengthen mom, Matthew's mom. Lord, if she gets discouraged, if she gets dismayed, if she feels down, Lord, strengthen her heart, encourage her heart. Lord, the enemy wants to discourage Matthew's mom so that maybe she'll doubt that you're going to come through or doubt your ability to come through. These are lies from the evil one. Lord, help Matthew's mom to continuously trust in you. Encourage her heart. Reveal yourself to her, Lord God, in a mighty way. Show yourself mighty and powerful. Fill her with your Holy Spirit. Baptize her in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, we lift up Matthew right now, Lord. You see all the issues he's going through, every single one of them, the mental, the emotional, the legal, whatever it is, Lord God. Work all these circumstances for your honor and glory. Bring Matthew to the foot of the cross, if necessary, through these circumstances, Heavenly Father. We commit Matthew into your hands, Lord God. Deliver him, Lord, deliver him. Heal his troubled mind. Heal his troubled heart. Holy Spirit, speak to Matthew. Speak to his heart and mind. Convict him of his sin. Help him to realize his need for a Savior. We intercede for Matthew. On his behalf, Lord God, deliver Matthew from the devil's bondage. We ask that Matthew receive the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior and experiencing a life-changing intimacy that he's never known before. Work it, Lord God. Move in Matthew's life. Show Matthew your unending love. Let Matthew taste and see how good you are and how blessed it is to take refuge in you. We commit Matthew into your hands, Lord God. We commit his deliverance and salvation into your hands. Lord, do the work. Perform the miracle. Break the chains. Bring down the stronghold. We thank you and we praise you for Matthew's deliverance and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Every week we lift up in prayer a young man by the name of Johnny. And Johnny is the adult son of a dear sister in Christ who is tuning into our podcast now. She is forever and fervently praying for his deliverance and salvation. Thank God for praying moms. We're going to lift mom up in prayer right now for her perseverance and strength in the Lord. And then we're going to lift up her son, Johnny. Touch and agree with me right now. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for a praying mom, a praying parent, Lord. We pray you strengthen Johnny's mom, that she persevere in prayer, that she not give up, that she not throw in the towel, that she not become discouraged, that she not become weak, that she not become dismayed. Help her to remain fervent in prayer, fasting and praying for Johnny's deliverance and salvation. Put a squad, a platoon, a company, a battalion, a regiment, Lord, a brigade, and thousands of angels around mom to protect her, 
Lord, from the evil one who will attack her. They, they will attack. But we pray mom's protection. The thief again comes to steal, to kill and destroy. The enemy wants to steal mom's joy. We just pray for mom's protection right now. That you strengthen mom. Strengthen her heart. Increase her faith. When discouragement sets in, bring revival to mom's soul. Give mom an upper room experience right now. Tongues of fire descending upon mom. Holy Ghost fire burning in mom's soul. Fire, like the hymn says, shut up in her bones. Yes, Lord God. Yes, Lord. We lift up Johnny right now in prayer, her son. Lord, you see, he's in bondage to alcoholism, and he may know the gospel, but doesn't want to accept Christ, doesn't want to even want to think about it, has no time for it, perhaps. Everlasting Father, we bow down before you, praying for Johnny's salvation. Lord, his ways may be dark, and he may be living a darkened life. Show Johnny your light. Guide him into the light, Lord God, of your salvation. Pour out your love in his heart. Let your love overcome Johnny's desire to live a sinful life. Put to death any desire that Johnny has to live in the flesh. Send someone Johnny's way. Put a burden in Johnny's heart to come to church, Lord God. Put a burden in his heart to come to church. Bring someone Johnny's way. Again, a neighbor, a friend, anyone. Maybe he'll find a gospel track in the street. Maybe a street preacher. Whatever it is, Lord God, let the gospel get to Johnny. We commit Johnny into your hands. We commit his deliverance and salvation to you, Lord God. We praise you and we thank you. You are working right now. You're working. You're working. And we praise and thank you for Johnny's deliverance and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Every week we pray for a mom and her son. The young man's name is Curtis. And mom is from Texas, a woman of God who's been praying for her son. And it wasn't that long ago that her son, Curtis, accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. We praise God for his salvation. But again, like I've said before, and I'll say it again, it bears repeating that this is not going to go unaddressed by the enemy. He will always counterattack. Ground that is gained by prayer must be held by prayer. And so we're going to touch and agree and pray for Curtis's mom, a woman of God, and then we're going to pray for Curtis. Touch and agree with me right now for Texas mom. Heavenly Father, we just lift up this mom in Texas, Lord God. A praying woman, an Esther, a Ruth, a Sarah, a Mary, Lord God, who was praying for her son. And you answered prayer, Lord God. You brought her son Curtis to the foot of the cross, and now he's saved. And we pray her continued strength in the Lord, Heavenly Father. Strengthen this mom, Lord God. 
strengthen her, help her to persevere in the faith, not to grow lax, Lord God, but to be fervent in prayer. Give this Texas mom revival. Revival, Lord God, Holy Ghost revival. Give her a hunger to read your word, to eat the scroll. Help her to meditate on your word daily, Lord God. This word of the law shall not depart from her mouth, but she will meditate therein day and night. Help mom, this Texas mom, so that your word does not depart from her mouth, but that she meditates on your word day and night, and then she will have great success. And help this mom to be strong, to be courageous, to be mighty in prayer. We lift up her son, Curtis, right now in Jesus' name. And we pray that you strengthen Curtis in his commitment to you, Lord God. We thank you for his deliverance and salvation. We thank you that you brought him to the foot of the cross. You delivered him from whatever he was in bondage to. You spoke to his heart, convicted him of his sin. And now Curtis's name is written in the book of life. We thank you and we praise you for his salvation. But now, Lord God, continue the work, Lord God. Continue the work that needs to be continued, Heavenly Father. Bless Curtis's walk with you, Lord God. He gave his life to you, Heavenly Father. He trusts in you. Lord, no one who trusts in you will ever be ashamed or disgraced, Lord God. Show him the right path, Heavenly Father, as he follows you. Lead Curtis in the right path, Lord God. All day long, help Curtis in every situation and in every circumstance. If he's facing trial or challenges, Lord, strengthen Curtis so that he faces them boldly, trusting in you, Lord God. The enemy will always counterattack. And you send trials our way many times to strengthen us. Strengthen Curtis. Make him a man of God. Make him a Gideon. Make Curtis a Joseph. Make Curtis a Jeremiah. Make him an Ezekiel. Make him a Gideon. Make him a Joshua. Make him an Abraham. Make him a Paul. Transform in mind, in heart in soul, in lifestyle. Help him to live a consecrated and committed life to you, Lord God. Give Curtis a strong sense of your presence in his life. We commit him into your hands, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we've reached the conclusion of our podcast time and i pray at this time together was a blessing to you now you know we present these requests throughout the week we just don't pray for them on thursdays but we pray for all these young people these young adults throughout the week for their continued deliverance and salvation and their strengthening in their walk and throughout the week, you can submit your prayer request. So go into the Parents of Prodigals website, parentsofprodigals.usa, parentsofprodigals.usa, 
and go into the tab that mentions prayer requests and you can submit your prayer requests there if you have an unsaved son and daughter and you want their name written in the book of life you want them to be saved submit your prayer requests we will touch and agree with you and pray for their salvation submit your request as soon as you can you can even go into messenger We will see it, and we will lift it up in prayer, and then we'll bring it before the throne of grace during the podcast. The next time we will return on the air will be next Thursday, February 8th at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But until then, if you're the parent of a wayward and backslidden and unsaved son and daughter, and you live in New York, California, Colorado, Ohio or Utah, Wisconsin or New Jersey or Montana. If you're the parent or guardian of a wayward and backslidden son and daughter who's in bondage, and you live in Illinois, Minnesota, Louisiana, New Hampshire, Oregon, Rhode Island, Indiana, or Arizona, if you're the parent or guardian of a wayward, backslidden, or son and daughter, and you are agonizing because they are walking outside of Christ, they're in bondage. And they're living a life of sin. And you live in Michigan, Iowa, New Mexico, Kentucky, or Arkansas, Mississippi, Wyoming, or Nebraska. If you're the parent of an unsaved, wayward, or backslidden son and daughter, you want their name written in the book of life. You see what's happening in the world. Death can come at any time. They can enter a Christless eternity. And you live in Mexico, Canada, Australia, France or Uganda, New Zealand or India, Ireland, Russia, Japan, Tanzania, Zimbabwe or Germany or the Philippines or the United Kingdom. If you're the parent, the mom, or the dad, or the guardian of a backslidden, wayward, or unsaved son and daughter, and you want them to be saved, you want them to spend eternity in heaven, you want them to be raptured, you don't want them to enter a Christless eternity and end up in the lake of fire. It really exists. If you are the parent or guardian of an unsaved, backslidden, or wayward son or daughter, continue in prayer, being watchful therein, and watch the road. Watch the road. Your prodigal will be on it. Until next Thursday, February 8th at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is Brother Alan Weir on behalf of all of us at Parents of Prodigals saying God bless you and good night.